0: day I'm feeling good the possibilities
1: of what What happens when a blind man, a woman of color and a child of immigrants get together to discuss how diversity, equity and inclusion can impact businesses?
0: Hi everybody, welcome to the Choose Inclusion podcast. I'm Yubi, and I am the Latino white guy of the group.
1: I'm Nina. I am the woman of color in the group.
2: And I'm Mike. I'm uh, the blind guy.
0: Welcome back. So today we're talking about the interview process. I think we can all agree that the interview process is the first thing, right, that, that people, the first way that people experience an organization. And so, I don't know about you all, but I've really seen some so a lot of ups and downs in the interview pro- in the interview process um, with all the companies that we've worked with, and it's it, it's it's hard, and especially in a day and age when we Nina we were just talking about how technology is is really reshaping everything from our country our government but everything, and I think companies there's so much technology out there from an HR perspective that companies feel like oh I can just plug it in and it'll do. What we need It'll to fix do. It'll fix
1: everything if we just use the technology.
0: Exactly. And I in honestly, in my opinion, it's just more of a postponement or a displacement of bias, for example, right. rather than when, you know, what a lot of them claim to do is remove bias.
1: Yeah, and I think like, you know, it's so important we talk about the interview process because like that experience that candidates have when they're there will make or break whether they join a company or not. And if you think about Candidates from underrepresented groups, you know, you could be potentially losing a lot of opportunities for talent because you're not recognizing the bias that you're bringing, or you're not recognizing, like, how you could be causing harm during that interview. And, like, I found this this stat on the internet um, 83% of talent say a negative interview experience can change their mind about a roller company they once liked, while 87% of talent say a positive interview experience can change their mind about the roller company they once doubted. And that's like a really powerful statistic. So it says a lot about what are you doing to make your interview process inclusive? Because otherwise, you know, there's some pretty negative consequences if you're not really thinking about that.
2: Without a doubt and without your, <clears throat> so, so the, the, the human factor, however, the organizations to make quick fixes and all that sort of thing, like you, you understand the logic behind leveraging technology as much as I can. To at least address uh, what they know as you know there's a there's a flaw in the you know human interaction, so they're leveraging technology. You know I th- I believe that the intent is is good and positive. Mm-hmm. However, it's not just like okay, poof, uh, the technology fixes all of it.
0: Right. Well, and I think a lot of these technology companies, frankly, they don't want to be consulting companies, mm-hmm. right? They just want to sell the technology and move on. And right. so. There, I just There's a, an aspect of training organizations, training people involved in the interview process on how to use it effectively, and use it effectively, effectively for your company. I think that a lot of companies fail to truly understand just even their own culture, even their, you know, what makes someone successful here as opposed to you know, company B down the street. And without that knowledge, you're kind of just shooting in the dark.
1: Yeah, so what are your guys' thoughts on, because um, I've been spending some time thinking about this, like, what are your guys' thoughts on like, what are the, the don'ts? What are the things that like, are no-no's that you should do when you're thinking about creating an inclusive interview process? Like, what are the big pitfalls and mistakes that a company can make when they're like, I want to make an inclusive interview process and this is what we're going to do?
2: Well, I think it's so for me to think that there's an end state. I, I believe that it needs to be uh, reviewed on a, in a very agile fashion. So no different than, you know, coming from the tech space, like, you know, the, your requirements are, are fluid and you need to recognize that in the human interaction component that you need to be willing to take a deep dive look in an agile approach to what is working and what is not working. So for me, the, to think that, like, oh, OK, we've, we've achieved this. I believe that just that idea of, like, oh, no, 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 the like our interview process is a done state is a big no-no.
1: Yeah, it's like UX design. You're constantly iterating. Right. you got to iterate, iterate, iterate. And as the world changes, you have to iterate with it.
2: Yeah, and organizations that I believe that have that approach, that fluid approach, is saying, OK, so like can we just agree that there is such a thing as ageism? On both sides of the spectrum, right? Whether it's whether it's a boomer and or a Gen Zer, right? Like there is ageism throughout. It's fraught within our society. Like we see it all the time. And so, in whether or not in sexism, right? Mm-hmm. Racism, uh, people with disabilities. Like this, those kind of isms are for real. And to you know take an iterative approach and say, okay, well, what can we do to uh, promote the assets? From these isms versus just focusing on that. Like to me, there's a, you know, a, a, a the, and, and there's no way to like. I've yet to see training that addresses all of that. Mm-hmm. There's, I've yet to see that. Even with all the amazing training that you, all three of us have collectively seen, yeah. I've yet to see that in state. Like we, we, have seen piece parts that really address them really well. However, uh, we, we, we all have biases. We do. Even, even you know. Uh, me, from a, not from a vision perspective, but from an audio perspective. Mm-hmm. So
0: how do you teach for that? Yeah. Well, and I think the big one, a, a kind of a step before what you're talking about, Mike, is a big don't is not even having like a formalized interview process in place, right? Just kind of letting, you know, the, either the recruiting team or letting all the hiring managers off on their own to come up with their own questions, to come up with their own process. The, you know, the problem there is you, now you have a bunch of people helping to build the talent assets of the organization who are all telling different stories, all setting different expectations, all asking crazy questions like, you know, what kitchen utensil would you be and why? (laughs) Right. What are you getting out of that? I don't understand, like it blows my mind. And so, but if you just unleash that freedom and you don't have a formalized, standardized process in place, then let's say you're you're successful in hiring half of those people into the organization. Now you have all these people who have a different expectation of what this company is and what their role is going to be in that company. Yeah. And so they leave.
1: Yeah. Actually, I was I was meeting with a woman of color earlier this week who um, you know has done project management for many years and is looking to pivot into the tech sector and to do start doing product management. And, you know, as she's talking to these tech companies, one of the words that she keeps on hearing is culture fit. And she's like, how do you even define culture fit? And I said, you don't. <laughs> it is yeah. it is a meaningless term that definitely leads to discrimination. Because if you're only looking for people that you have that gut feeling like, I like them, I can see me, myself working with them. And that's how you're evaluating, you know, who's a good candidate and who isn't. Like, of course, you're just going to end up with like all the same people with the same thoughts and the same skills and the same boring attitudes um, about how to innovate at your company and so I think without that process you end up you know with people saying oh yeah culture fit that's what we're looking for and it's a meaningless term
2: well it's it's so subjective right (laughs) to think that uh, culture fit is so then you start looking okay well then so hopefully culture is is defined somewhat on their website like okay what are your values mm-hmm. so then let's start looking at something but you know are we, we have a value of we, we want to have fun. Okay. Well, is your fun? Let's define your fun. Like Mm -hmm. you know, so does it? Does fun mean uh, drinking beer and going to a ball game? Mm -hmm. You know, so you start thinking of those, and those are arbitrary. Yeah. Like so, if even if you're building culture off of something that's on your website, which is your you know hopefully your value statements, if they've gone to that level of defining culture, Mm -hmm. if
1: yeah. Yeah. And I, would, I like the word values. I think that's really important. That I would, define, I would say that culture and values are two different things. And that when you're you know, saying, uh, you know, a lot of companies will talk about their values and they will say early on, you know, here are the values of our company. And I think if you are really clear about that and you are saying that with every single person in the interview process, because you've created a process, Um, and a clear set of communication guidelines for every, and training for every single person that's going to be doing an interview on how do you train? I think that's another key element that we're not really talking about a lot is like the fact that you should be training people how to do interviews. We just kind of assume that like, well, if you can do your job well, then you're fully capable of interviewing well. And that's just not true at all. It's 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 a different skill set.
2: How many people are in management who are not really you know, a the adept at, at managing in general, but they were the, they were the most qualified from a technical perspective. So obviously right. they're really good at tech. So let's put them into a, a leadership
0: position.
1: Right. Exactly. How
2: pervasive is that? Right. Oh,
1: exactly. Over. And well, yeah. yeah, it's a missing, it's a missing opportunity again. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, yeah. And I think, you know, I agree with you, Nina, on the values versus culture. I mean, to me, culture every department, even every team has their own culture, yeah. right? Like that's their story. So you, you know, to say culture fit, okay, well let's define that for the team that, you know, this person is p- potentially gonna hire into because it's different than the team across the street or down the hall or whatever. It's different from IT to sales to finance mm-hmm. and, but, but values, there absolutely could be a shared valued system within an organization. That you can define, and every hiring manager better know what that what that story is, yeah. you know. And and I think there's there's a problem that we've seen a lot where the people who are responsible for hiring have no clear understanding from their supervisors and the executive team up above who of of what any of this means. So there's a fear factor. And then what does your brain do in that scenario? It just makes up stories. So now I'm giving candidates again, wrong information or false information. You know, if there, if you don't have a work from home policy, don't tell a candidate that we can talk about that after you get hired. Right. There's no work from home policy. Right. We'd own it. Right. <laughs> okay. okay, so on the flip side,
2: so you asked what are the big no-no's during the interview process, right? Yeah. So I w- I'd like to ask both of you, so give me, so for our listeners, give me a single a single item that people can do that's actionable to make their interview process more inclusive.
1: Pay people for their time for the interview. So this is something that is, I think, not really talked about. I've, I only heard about this recently where I was talking to a company that uh, for their developer time, um, after the developers kind of passed a certain number of round of interviews and they're down to kind of the place where they're gonna go into the in-depth technical interview, where they're gonna be pair programming for four hours, they pay the interviewee for their time for those four hours and they pay them normal contractor rates for that. And what they found was that that just creates a great first impression. That creates, you know, candidates who are offered that job are much more likely to not only take the job, but stay at the job much longer because you as a company are already telling people, we value your time. Mm-hmm. that's the first thing you're telling a candidate is like, we actually value your time. And that's an incredible way to create an inclusive process. And you would be on the cutting edge if your company starts doing that because the company I talk to without a doubt is on the cutting edge of that.
2: Love it. You've all though, so you do so much recruiting that you do at the executive level. What's the one thing that you help organizations understand when it comes to hiring from an inclusive mindset?
0: So I think the biggest thing for us is that authenticity and clarity of what you're looking for in the role and why this role is so important to your organization what is the impact that this role is going to have on your company i think you know job descriptions are a dime a dozen right you can go like we were doing a ceo search you can go find a ceo job description a hundred of them and they pretty much all read the same like if you if you're a ceo or you're a leader you kind of know what that means or you should right and so to to actually apply for that role but the next level for organizations is being very authentic and clear about exactly the kind of person you're looking for you're not looking for every ceo you're looking for a very specific person who aligns with the values of the organization who's going to come in and and continue to to take care and grow the culture that already exists there and who you know who matches uh, who, who matches the impact that they're looking for so to, that's the biggest thing you've got to start there and you've got to start with having everybody you know on board with that you know there's you know, if you look at a board or an executive team, there's the possibility that they all have different ideas of what they want from a new CEO or, or any, any leadership role in the organization. You have to get them all on the same page before you can even begin to go look for candidates for that role. Yeah. Well, we'll
2: do a, another episode on whether or not just because you're a C-suite or a Veep that you also are a leader. Uh, that's yeah. that's a topic of another uh, day. Yeah. Um, however, I, so yeah. that'll get a little uh, controversial there, so.
0: No, that's um, good. Well, what's your biggest, no- I mean, you, so from your perspective, you know, you're really working with organizations to help them find uh, blind and visually impaired people to join their team.
2: The greater people with disabilities, right? And so yes. you, uh, you know, both of you know, like I, It's like once so awareness, so cool, you know, uh, feeding like the the statistics and the data to organizations, you know, helping them become aware, helping them become aware of like, okay, these biases happen. They come from a visual perspective. Uh, We, we, as humans, we have visual biases, we have auditory biases, we just, we have biases, right? Uh, So helping uh, them understand like this, and this is innate, like it just happens. So helping them first understand that, and then what are the techniques then to help overcome them, right? And so for, for us, like a simple technique, and, and it's easy for me, but I, I'm like, close your eyes. Like, you know, actually listen to a candidate. Like, you know, when you, when you, if you're over the phone, like you think like, whoa, I, I, I'm not looking at them. No, 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 You've, you're, you're going out there and you're looking at their LinkedIn profile. You're looking at their picture. You're doing, you're doing, you're, you're creating those images in your head. F- truly listen to what is being said you know, close your eyes and listen. And, and so giving a technique of just focusing on the words that are being said and not putting any imagery around it. So we really focus on helping organizations understand that in particular, like giving them, okay, there's the what, but then there's the how. So for us, it's always the how. And so I love the technique, Nina, that you're sharing with, like how you can do this, it's, it's, it's tactical, like you pay people for their time. We you can also close your eyes. Mm -hmm. Close your eyes. Tactical, you
0: know, things that you can do that you can implement immediately. Well, and I think that runs into what Nina, you talked about training.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Critical.
0: Like, you're right. Nobody is ever born into training, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we're certainly born into bias. Mm -hmm. And that, like Mike said, is very innate, very natural. It's just how we are. We're human. Right. doesn't mean we're bad people. Most of the time, we're just, it's based on how we grew up, all those things, right? And so I think training
1: Yeah, and I think people just need to walk away from these interviews feeling valued. And closing your eyes, that's one great way to do it because it shows, you know, well, it shows, I mean, the body language could come off as like, I'm not listening to you at all. I'm just going to go to sleep, but yeah. I get what you're trying to say. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, setting, it, you're setting
2: it up and, and, and you know. The, the by ce- saying
1: I'm an active listener. Yes,
2: and, and you set it up with that kind of language. Like yeah. for me, it's easy because I've got the cane or the, right. or the service animal, right? right? So it's easy for me to say that. However, so the CEO of Oppenheimer, so CEO of fa- fairly, fairly important role, right? Like um, uh, has his one-on-ones with his eyes closed. And so, if you've never experienced that before, and he doesn't necessarily like say, "Hey, I'm doing this because I'm, I'm going to actively listen," because. That's what? He's the CEO. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> However, so you you from a training perspective, you train teams like, hey guys, just letting you know, like I'm, you know, like we we know that there's actual science behind this technique, and what we're going to do is like we want to truly focus on active listening, mm-hmm. right? So we, we don't want any visual distraction. So there are going to be times where I'm just my eyes are closed. I'm focused, but I'm absolutely focusing on the words. So so you you it's you preface it yeah. right. So it's not just <laughs> you don't I, just close your I, eyes and lean I, back I, in your yeah. chair, <laughs> put a blindfold on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah.
2: sorry about the drool too. Yeah, right right. I'm sorry about the drool. No, I was so. I
1: was actively listening. I swear. Yeah, that yeah. that, that was, that's what yeah, active listening yeah. looks like. Almost. It's funny.
0: I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Where's my meatloaf? Yeah. So. Well, and, and I love that because that to my point earlier about um, you know, a lot of this technology out there that's trying to remove bias from the process by like taking the candidate's name off of their resume, right? For for the pre-screen process. The problem I have with that, which which I you know I, I don't have a problem with the active listening part because that's you know that's the human to human interaction, but with the technology removing that, you're you're essentially removing what makes us all different. Like companies, the biggest way you're going to build an inclusive workplace is you got everybody has to be curious and appreciate the differences in each other, and the differences that people with Crazy names, or you know, from different countries, or whatever, bring can bring to the table, and that's why my problem with a lot of removing of bias from a technology standpoint is just without the training, there you're you're not you're not in you know you're not creating inclusive an inclusive place. Um, and then I you know I have my own issues with diversity initiatives too. It's like, well, we're only going to hire women.
1: Yeah, that's that's another that's for another episode too. Yeah, boy. Just talking about how how do you implement a diversity initiative? What does that mean? And you know what's performative versus what's actually yeah. meaningful? And right. so uh, that's a topic for another show.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Right, we little, got two topics already, guys. I love it's it. gonna be a season here of yeah. episodes soon. You're welcome, <laughs> <not> audience. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I uh, how do we feel about this conversation? What else are we missing? Anything? I mean, obviously you know, uh, check out the website for, you know, links to different resources and, and other things, um, different opportunities for training, but what are any last words for this fine episode?
2: For me, it's, it's just recognizing like technology isn't the end goal, it's a piece of the overall solution and knowing that this is an iterative process and you can do things uh, that were already mentioned to immediately make an impact on your inclusive hiring practices.
1: Yeah, I would say that, you know, these are humans. These are people that are involved in interviewing, and the interviewers have their biases and the people who are coming are coming in with certain assumptions. So, you know, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that people feel valued and heard. So what are you doing in your interview process to make sure that's the case?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, yeah, you, uh, something you said just sparked uh, uh, something that I try to help companies understand, too, is, you know, it's not just the 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 bias on, on your part as an organization looking to hire someone. You know, it's always good to recognize that the candidates coming in also have their biases, right? And, and a candidate walking in, you know, may feel that based on their skin color, based on their orientation, whatever it is, based on their name, even that the interviewer is already going to have judged them. So, how do you create a process that you know does value and and makes that be more of a safe and vulnerable interaction. Because frankly you're gonna have more people that you don't hire that that are gonna go out there and talk about your company. Yeah. So how do you want them to talk about your company?
1: Awesome. Cool. I think those are pretty good tips to walk away with.
0: Thank you. Yeah we'll see you next time everybody.